from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Hope you're all doing well this morning and having a phenomenal morning. Hopefully the weather is participating well for you. Right now it looks okay out here in Brooklyn, New York, and hopefully all throughout New York and wherever you're listening, you are not having a wintry mix, but you're having a good day and the weather is cooperating. That is my hope for you as we move forward here. So happy, happy, happy Wednesday. It is National Cereal Day, so I guess I'm putting up here for National Cereal Day that I am... I'm going to put, what's your favorite cereal up here? National Cereal Day, love it. So... I don't understand any of these national days. I feel like people just make them up as they go on a whim, but whatever. I do have cereal that I love, so my favorite cereal day. So I guess I would say I love Frosted Flakes. I love Lucky Charms. And for some wonderful, beautiful way of God being like, hey, man, seeing you, seeing what's going on, wanted to send you a little present, they made Lucky Charms Frosted Flakes. So I just got those, and they're in my home my humble abode in central and upstate New York, and they are fantabulous. So I hope that you get an opportunity to try them sometime very, very soon. You can't have mine. Can't have mine. Now, if we're good friends, we're, we're close. I mean, I might share with you, but you can't have the last bite. Can't do that. I always, you know, when people do that, when you go to somebody's house and they're like, oh, thank you so much for your hospitality, and then they, like, eat your food, but they don't just eat your food. They eat your food... In the sense, like, they eat the, like, last piece of pizza, or they eat the last bowl of cereal, or the last scoop of ice cream. Like, that, to me, is uncalled for. If I invite you to my house, and I'm sharing my food, and I'm sharing, you know, my lodging, and whatnot, you know, I'm, sh- I'm sharing I'm sharing the home with you, and the amenities, and this, that, and the other thing, don't be eating the last piece of something. Don't do that. Even if somebody's like, no, 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 you can do it, I'm like, mm, are you sure? Are you sure? Because I'm Italian. And that side, you know, Italian and Hispanic, I guess it's both the the same in the sense, definitely Italian. You don't just take food, especially the last piece of something, because that that could cause a little bit of a a rift in the waters, so to speak. So you got to be nice. You got to be smart. And on National Cereal Day, share your cereal. And don't steal somebody's last bowl. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So happy Wednesday, March 7th. We're down here in Brooklyn. Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora is live on location in Brooklyn, New York, all week long. We have an extra show this Saturday, March 10th, and I am pumped. Today's show is jam-packed, full of interviews. We have 14 different people that are going to grace the stage of Wake Up Call this morning. I'll be joined by Boston College, by Boston College's Jerome Robinson and Kai Bowman. I'll be joined by Georgia Tech's Josh Okogi and Todrick Jackson. I'll be joined by Rex Fluger, Bonzi Colson, and Matt Farrell of Notre Dame, and Marek Dolajai, Frank Howard, O'Shea Brissett, and Alan Griffin of the Syracuse Orange. Those are all coming up in the first hour of the show. 
Then at 9.45 a.m. Eastern Time, I am joined by Gene Waldron, Syracuse Orange men's basketball alum, who will be followed at 10.15 a.m. Eastern Time by Lawrence Moten, who will be followed at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time by Ryan Blackwell. So, a lot coming up, a lot going to happen here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So buckle in, folks. This is going to be a jam-packed, exciting show. We have my interviews, 11 different conversations following the first round of the ACC tournament here in Brooklyn, New York at the Barclays Center. Like I said, you'll hear from Boston College, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, and, of course, Syracuse. And then we'll get into what makes us different and what separates us. Beyond, I mean, beyond the fact that you're getting 11 different interviews this morning, if that's not enough, that every single broadcast during championship week in the ACC tournament, I am joined by a former Syracuse player, at least one per show, if not more. And that is something that I started back when Syracuse, back in Washington when Syracuse is uh, – or when, when, you know, the ACC tournament was out in Washington and, and whatnot. So back in the nation's capital a couple years ago, I started to schedule things, and I was like, oh, I want to get on as many SU players as I can. And then I realized, oh, my God, I can do this every day, and I can make it one of my things, make it one of wake-up calls things. And so that's what we did. And then last year I did it again. And this year I was like, got to keep the streak going. So I'm very excited that every single broadcast you will hear from at least one former Syracuse basketball player on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We are offering you that unique and innovative experience all week long, all the way through to Saturday, March 10th. You know that there's been a bunch of different Syracuse alumni that have been on the show from the basketball team, from Daywan Coleman to Bai Musiketa to Trevor Cooney to... Gene Waldron, Roosevelt Bowie Jr., Louis Orr, Dale Shackelford, John Wallace, Otis Hill, Lazarus Sims, Ryan Blackwell, Hal Cohen, Howard Trish, Mike Lee, Jim Lee, Brandon Trish, and so on and so on and so on and so on and so forth. So I am going to have more Coming up this week for sure, Daywan Coleman's going to join me on Thursday, March 8th. Very pumped about that. Daywan's going to be back on the show, and we're going to have more special guests coming up as they arise. So make sure that you're tuning in all week long to Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, live on location in Brooklyn, New York, here for championship week in the ACC Men's Basketball Tournament. And for Bracketology, I will be unveiling my Bracketology stuff very soon. So I'm very excited about that. Might throw some stuff out there today. We'll see. And you'll find that all on wakeupcalldt.com. And right on the top of the page has all the different you know pages. Just like any other website, you go on wakeupcalldt.com and you look at the top of the page for the different pages within it. And if you go to the More tab, the Bracketology thing is there from last season. And I'm going to do this year coming up here very, very, very soon as we edge closer to Selection Sunday. I'll be giving my thoughts on who's going where and if they're going and if they're not going, in my opinion. So with that being said, let's jump into the morning menu because we have so much to discuss. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu, that is, live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora.
the morning menu right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and that is going to give you all the topics of the day. We do that, that sound, that new flavor, that new beat that gets you going, gets me going in the studio. I'm loving it. So we are here in Brooklyn. And the morning menu is going to start with Boston College, move on to Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, Syracuse, all of my interviews spanning the three games that happened in the first round of the ACC tournament that began with Boston College versus Georgia Tech, 12 versus 13 respectively, then Notre Dame versus Pitt, 10 versus 15 respectively, and then 11 versus 14, Syracuse versus Wake Forest respectively. So, We will get into all of those to start off today's broadcast, and you will hear interviews with a bunch of the players, 11 different interviews, 10 players and one assistant coach, with that being Alan Griffin of Syracuse. So let's get it started with Boston College and Georgia Tech. Now, I write stories about each and every single one of these games. You can get them all by going to wakeupcalldt.com and clicking on the Right Now page, which is a play on words, of course. It's what I write, and you can read it right now so instead of r-i-g-h-t it's w-r-i-t-e now let's get into the games here now boston college never trailed move on moves on to face nc state the first game of the first round of the acc men's basketball tournament pitted the 12th seeded boston college eagles against the 13th seeded georgia tech yellow jackets for the right to face off with a fifth-seeded NC State Wolfpack, which I think is very dangerous in this tournament. Despite two early ties at 2-2 two to two and 4-4, four to four, Georgia Tech never got above Boston College on the scoreboard, with Boston College holding the lead for almost the entire 40 minutes of the game. Both teams had gone rather quiet offensively for a stretch of the first half, but woke up later on, with the Eagles going into the break ahead by double digits, 36-26, over the Yellow Jackets. Senior guard Todrick Jackson heard his name continuously on the loudspeaker in the second half with eight field goals, including three in a row for Georgia Tech, but his efforts and late-game push by the entire Yellow Jackets team fell short of the Eagles, who overcame an offensive surge in full-court pressure to emerge victorious 87-77 after Georgia Tech at least made it interesting toward the end of the game. Jackson finished with 29 points on 13 for 24 shooting to lead his team and all scorers from both teams. Sophomore Kai Bowman and Nick Popovich, the sophomores of Boston College, led all scorers for BC, attaining 26 and 20, respectively, with 26 going to Bowman and Popovich with 20. With a record now of 18 and 14 overall, as well as a regular season wins over the Duke Blue Devils and Miami Hurricanes, Boston College still has life and hopes for a berth in the NCAA tournament, moving on to the second round here in the BK. With that being said, let's jump into my conversations with Boston College, and then we'll move on to Georgia Tech. So on the winning side of things, Jerome Robinson and I started our conversation with moving on and still having life hopefully, for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it was, it's awesome for us. Uh, I think it's mo- great momentum for us. Uh, we haven't been here before, but we know we should we should be here right now. And um, I, I definitely think that we think that we're in a we're in a good mapped out position for us to even move forward from farther than this. So, what is it about this team that you have that never say die approach? I mean, you had a victory against Duke early on for the first ACC game for yep. any teams, and then you had kind of the ups and downs of the season. Yeah. We're able to do some things here late. Yeah, it's just sticking to the grind. We know we know our time will come. We know we can play really well. We can play against anybody, you know what I mean, in this conference. A lot of close games for us this year that we should have squeezed out, but we ended up not. Um, I think uh, I think we, we definitely figured it out, and then we've gelled even more throughout the season. 
when you look at somebody like Todrick Jackson, just what he was able to do for Georgia Tech. I mean, you guys never followed them in the game at all. You never had mm -hmm. to come back from a deficit, but he did a lot of things late in the game. Just yeah. what you can say about a senior like him? Yeah, that was that was big time for him. Um, I mean, he kept him in the game late, hitting hitting tough shots. Uh, I mean, that was that was that was crazy to see. I mean, he he hit some with us draped over him and getting to the basket and getting fouled. That was uh, I mean, that was a great effort by him, and unfortunately, he fouled out. So, fortunate for us, unfortunate for them. But that was, uh, I mean, his performance towards the end was amazing. When you look at some of the games that you guys had, I mean, uh, Syracuse the first time around got you. You got mm -hmm. them the second time around. Yep. When it comes to different things in the background, like what's on the bubble and who's on the bubble and whatnot, yeah. does that go into your mind that you were able to squeak out some of those games and even out some of those matchups? Yeah. If you just, you know, looking at kind of where you go from here. Yeah, we, we know that um, that's that some of those games help build to where we are now, and um, we know if we make this run in the tournament that we can possibly be in the tournament, in the big tournament. And that's that's our goal is to make it there because we know we can play with anybody and we know we can beat anybody so um, I mean it's great momentum for us and it's and a, it's a really good mental note to have as well it's just something you have in the back of your head that you know you're, uh, you're you think that you're better than the team it's just a lot of confidence and then finally just what you could say about the ACC not just in this tournament but throughout the entire season just yeah. how nobody was really safe yeah uh, it's it's so what makes the conference so great um, from top to bottom teams can get beat and um, I mean the atmospheres are amazing in the ACC and, and it's just a, a great conference to play in as well. Yeah, no, no problem. That coming once again from Jerome Robinson of the Boston College Eagles on the winning side of things, 87-77 to in this game. His teammate and I also had a conversation, Kai Bowman, and we started off with that reddish maroonish hair, right? The Boston College color, I'd say, I'd say is maroon. And Kai Bowman has the hair to match that. I asked him if the hair's good luck at this point. That's what he had to say. I think the hair just is just the thing that's been going. Uh, fans like it. I like it. Uh, coach, coach won't let me change it. I guess gotta keep it going. And just what you can say about you know, like you said, keeping it going. This team started off the ACC by beating Duke, and then you guys have had your ups and downs, and now you're moving on here in the ACC tournament. Just what you can say you've learned from the ups and downs of this season inside of the conference. I'm just showing that we can play against anybody in the conference. Uh, as losing losing against Virginia by one, uh, nobody really been playing them like that close at, at their place so that was a big one for us so just showing that we we, we should stay in this conference that we're a good team uh, and we can beat anybody on any given night and when you look back to that duke game and moments like that as well as syracuse the second time around and having a convincing victory against syracuse at home just you know some of those games and the separation that you had and like you said even in a game that you lost with virginia that you kept it so close um right now just trying to build off that confidence just knowing that we can maintain and play when we are good we're good against anybody and we could be anybody in the country if we play good. So what you can say about Nick. I mean you and him were the leading scorers on the team in this game in the first round of the ACC tournament this season. Just what you could say about you know what Nick did in the game as well. Um, today he had he had the best performance. Um, just come out there helping on the glass and also helping uh, stay keeping in control. Uh, playing playing on calm, not not letting his thoughts get to him was a big thing for him. There was a drought by both teams, you and yep. Georgia Tech in the first half. Just what you can say about kind of getting through that and trying to navigate through a time where it was quiet for both teams? Uh, with basketball, it's all about uh, leads. Uh, everybody's going to make their punch, and they made their punch in the second half. We made ours in the first half, so we knew that that was going to happen, but at the same time, we got we had to fix it and stop them from that. What can you say about Coach and what his message has been to you guys all season long, knowing that this is a difficult conference, arguably the 
the most difficult in the country and that you've had those close games. What has he said to you throughout the season? Um, just knowing our team is not the same team that we had had before. Like our team is actually understanding what uh, understanding roles and understand what we got to do to win the game. So right now for us is just building confidence and standing with it, being each other and playing our game. When there's that thought process that Boston College is, is only going to win a couple games in the ACC per season, and just a couple of years ago there was a lot of you know hardship, so to speak. Just what you can say about how much BC has done, how much you guys have done to change the tide and change the way that people think about Boston College. Uh, we knew that coming in, a lot of us when we came in, we knew that what we was getting onto. So us being able to build the confidence of not just our fans, but also our school and our teammates to help us get these wins is a big thing. And we just been staying connected to each other. They will help our else. And then uh, finally with Todrick Jackson on the other side, just what you can say he did as a senior. I mean, he, he had eight field goals in the second half. He had three in a row. He did a lot of things in that full court pressure as well to try and change the game. Uh, he played a big role in their offense, a uh, big role in their uh, kick in the second half to get uh, to cut the league. He, uh, he's a great player, great guard uh, to play against. He picked up the pressure when they needed to and held his team in it. That coming once again from Kai Bowman. Kai Bowman, the maroon hair that you see flying around on the court for the Boston College. I love the hair. I love the hair. I do. Kai Bowman, fantastic player for the team right now. They should be very happy. So Kai Bowman and Jerome Robinson both taking care of business for this BC Eagles team as they move forward for the rights as the 12th seed to take on the 5th seeded NC State Wolfpack. And just to give you a note here, Jerome Robinson was 5 of 17, 8 for 9 from the charity stripe, 19.7 rebounds, did have 5 turnovers in the game, though, in 32 minutes. And Popovich had, like I said, 20 points in 32 minutes, 8 for 11 from the field. And Kai Bowman, 8 for 13 from the field, 10 for 13 at the line, 10 rebounds, 26 points. He had 8 turnovers in the game, though. So... Fantastic stat line if you take out the turnovers, I'll tell you that much. And how many times did I say that about Frank Howard this season? And he's minimized it since then. So, Frank, I guess I guess all thanks are in order for you listening to the show because you must have heard it. I don't know what it may be. Or we're just on the same wavelength. But, no, Frank's a, Frank's a fun guy to talk to. I've known Frank for a while. So I've known him for all three years at Syracuse, plus before he came to Syracuse because we spoke on the phone. So, you know, I got a lot of respect for Frank. I'd like to feel that it's mutual. And I said if he improved his three-point shot and was able to minimize his turnovers, he'd have as good a stat line as a point guard as, as, as anybody in this country could go up against anybody, at least be in the top ten in the nation. So, you know, Frank has done a good job of minimizing things and being better. Yeah, he still makes mistakes. Everybody does. But at the end of the day, Frank Howard has more than stepped his game up and I mean, I just—I mean, I saw a point guard ready for March Madness when he's throwing no-look passes against Wake Forest in the game in the first round. And we'll get all—we'll get to all that because I'm excited. But we'll get to all that in just a moment because I want to make sure that we stay on pace here in the morning menu. Georgia Tech, Josh Akogi, him and I spoke. He was on the losing side of things. You listen into the conversation. Kind of sounds like he's getting ready to leave Georgia Tech. I'm just saying. Second half surge, but they lost. What he thought about that? I most definitely was, um, you know, like I told him, I'm proud of the guys. Um, we fought. We didn't show no, um, we, we didn't show quit. You know, we we kept fighting until the time was zero, 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 and you know, I'm proud of that, and that's all I can say right now. 
Todrick Jackson, just what you could say about his efforts. I believe he had eight field goals in the second half, three in a row. Did a lot of things down the stretch to try and get this game closer. Unbelievable. Um, you know, he was a leader for this game. You know, um, try to follow his steps. Um, he he set the tone, and you know, he's the one who got us really going, kept us in the game, and we fed off his energy. Coming off of this, obviously not the way that you wanted to go. Do you feel like that's how it was with a lot of games this season inside the ACC that you guys were knocking on the door and just didn't knock it down? Uh, yeah, most definitely. It felt like we were right there, and the biggest challenge for us this whole season was getting over that hump. You know, there'll be a time where we were down, say, 15, and we'll bring it within five. And you know, we need to get over that hump to actually get the lead, maybe one or two. But um, it's been a story this whole season. But um, definitely, you know. It's not surprising, you know, with a, a lot of lack of experience we have, because you know, we don't, we don't have like six returners, and um, only like three of them played last year. So, yeah. so it was, and we had like six freshmen coming in. So, I mean, it's it, it's a wonderful opportunity. It's great that they learned. You know, they played ACC. Now they have a season under their belt. They know what it takes. They know, you know, where the competition is in relation to you know how they're playing. So, obviously, it's going to be a big summer for us and for us, um, the freshmen right now, especially. So, they're going to work hard, and I know we'll be strong next year. What does it say about the ACC, just how difficult you feel like it was this year, top to bottom? Man, ACC is it's, it's the weirdest league. Um, every year it's, it's either really talented or really disciplined. Um, and this year is, is um, the year it was really disciplined, where, you know, I mean, you look like a team like Virginia, you know, they're a really great team, but it's not that one player who's doing it all. You know, everybody, you know, chips in and they're the top of the, they're the, top of the seed, where you see a team like, Maybe Florida State, we have a lot of talent, but they're not at the top top because, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. Any, any team can go down any night, any team can win any night, and there's no, it's really no, you know, A team if, after Virginia is everybody else is in a, in, a, in, a, um, in a race. But it's a great league. It's um, one of the best in the country. It is the best in the country. But, you know, I'm happy to play in it, and I'm happy for these guys to get, you know, another chance to play in this next year. Just got to keep building. What do you want people to know about Georgia Tech that goes beyond the record this year? Oh, I fight. Um, I think, you know, a lot of times you see guys with our record and you play them and you see a lot of quit, you know, um, guys who give up, you know, you get a, you know, you get a good lead and then they just stop playing. But I think, you know, our record, you know, yeah, it's not the best, but every day we come in a fight, you know, every day we're, we're playing like we're zero and zero. So, you know, it's the biggest thing for us this year and you know, I'm, I'm proud of these guys and we'll be back. What did you learn about yourself this season? Well, what I learned about myself is, you know, obviously I can do more than I think I can do. Um, obviously, you know, with Jose being out and a lot of injuries, you know, I've been forced to play in positions I never played before for extended amounts of time, you know, being able to play 40 minutes and, you know, can't even ask for a break because, you know, there's really nobody else to put in. So just knowing, you know, I can push past my limits, I think that's the biggest thing, you know, going this year, you know, when I think I'm tired, you know, I just know that I have the extra gear I can always kick into. Josh Akogi once again, and like I said, listen back to the conversation. He sounds there. He kind of makes a statement like, uh, you know, like like next year for us. But there's a few times in there where he's like, uh, you know, I, you know, they're gonna be okay. They're gonna be set. He kind of separates himself from Georgia Tech. I just found it interesting that maybe he'll be making that jump and moving forward. Todrick Jackson. Speaking of making a jump, he's planning on trying for the NBA. He had a massive game in this one. Like I said, folks, 29 points, 13 for 24 shooting in the game to lead not only his team but both sides of it despite the loss. And let's get into it with Todrick Jackson. They surged. They tried to make it back. Just what his takeaway was. 
You know, I was just in the mindset of, you know, first off, you know, just trying to get some stops and trying to stop them from scoring. But then, you know, in the back of the head, it's like, you know, I got to attack and, you know, just test this basket, you know. You know, we ain't got nothing to lose. So I was just trying to test the basket. And if they didn't stop me, I was going to keep going. And if they didn't stop me the next time, I was just going to keep going and keep going and keep going. And, and you know, that was just my mentality the whole second half. So what you can say, you know, as a senior and knowing that you'll be moving on, just it almost you could feel that energy in the second half from you in the game that you just were getting after it personally and just wanted to obviously change the outcome of this thing. Yeah, I think that's any player. I feel like, you know, you're going to have that one or two guys that's going to, you know, play hard and, you know, make a difference in the game and make the, make a difference in the team. And I feel like I was, you know, definitely with, with that player. And I was just trying to bring the energy and trying to almost get the pressure off me by scoring, by trying to get everybody else open. And, and they just they just let me score. They was just not adjusting to it. So I was just doing what I do best in attacking the basket. So what you can say about this season as a whole, you know, those games that you were in that don't end up going in your favor, the record not adequately showing what Georgia Tech is, just what you can say about, you know, those close calls, those close opportunities that didn't go your way this season. Yeah, like we gotta, we had to dig in. Like, like last year, you know, we had three, four seniors that we didn't let those games, those close games, get away from us. You know, we had a lot of veteran guys and a lot of guys that played there for three to four years. And you know, it's, this year was kind of, you know, almost the same and almost better talent. And you know, we had two seniors and, and you had Josh Kogan who had enough experience to 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 know how to feel, to know how to win and lose, or know how know how to win. But it, I mean, we we just got we need we needed more guys to actually know how to win. You know what it what it what it takes to get a stop here and what the possession meant. You know, every possession is precious. You know. We, we we were just so close this year that we just couldn't not get over the hump. And from the difference from the team from last year, we knew how to get stops and we knew what it was going to take to to get the 50-50 balls and you know extra effort plays. And like this year, I don't feel like that that all, that happened a lot this year. And I think that's one thing we got to get better at closing games. When we got teams up by 10, I feel like we just got to go and just close it on out and not let teams get back in the game and and stuff like that and, that and that nature. You've stuck around and obviously you'll be heading out after this your senior season. Just what you can say about your future and your thoughts about moving forward. You know, I'm just going to keep getting better individually, you know, from this point on and, you know, um, put my ass in the back and see where that goes and, you know, just keep working out and try to sign an agent and then go from there. What is it about you that you believe somebody should have you on their team? What is special and unique about the way that you play, what you do, the type of person that you are on and off the court? Just got heart. That's all it is. I I feel like I have a big heart and and love the game and you know I can bring that energy and, and you know the the toughness you know to any team and you know I'm a, I'm a bigger guard you know with a, a bigger frame and you know like in the ACC I was able to you know post you know other bigger guards and smaller guards too and um. You know, like I said, I just feel like I got hard and toughness. You know, I think that's that's what the team's gonna be looking at me, and and and, and I just you know play extremely hard, and and you know have uh, you know a lot of enthusiasm, and you know have a, a great feel for the game. This is a wake up call, fast break. 
Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrySigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrySigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, command yourself to feel comfortable in DrySig Lady apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrySigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513. Or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Muddy Waters Kitchen and Bar is your home on the water for every season. Join them on Wednesdays for all-you-can-eat wings, chicken thighs, and drumsticks from 3 to 9 p.m. And on Thursdays, join me, Dan Tortora, for live game show night. A new night out unlike anything you've played before in central and upstate New York every Thursday at 7 p.m. And while you're there on Thursdays at Muddy Waters Kitchen and Bar from 5 to 9 p.m., join them for the barbecue all-you-can-eat buffet with buffet-style sides, ribs, and pulled pork, chicken thighs and drumsticks and on wednesdays and thursdays all day happy hour you know how to get it done right at muddy waters kitchen and bar on two oswego street in baldwinsville new york 
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Very proud to be here with you this morning, live on location from the BK, Brooklyn, New York. We are down here in Brooklyn with live episodes of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. The normal schedule, 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, but here in Brooklyn for Championship Week in the ACC Men's Basketball Tournament. We have so much going on today. Can't miss a beat. So we're moving on to the next game. We have 14 different interviews today. You just heard from Boston College and Georgia Tech. Then Notre Dame took on Pittsburgh in a very close game. Close quarters for for Notre Dame. Something that I'm sure they were happy to get out of and, and not necessarily really happy with how close it was. But, I mean, this is a team that just finds a way to find the positives. You know, from Bonzi Colson to Matt Farrell to Rex Fluger and company, this is a team that just, they have poise. They're dangerous all the time. They never give up on themselves, which is what makes Notre Dame so dangerous. Yeah, they have talent. Yeah, they have ability. Yeah, they have a great coach in Mike Bray. But they, they, they never see the glass half empty. And that's a huge, huge piece of their success. Getting into this Notre Dame game here, the second game of the first round of the 2018 ACC Men's Basketball Tournament, two former Big East foes who have continued their rivalry, 10th-seeded Notre Dame, 15th-seeded Pittsburgh. Notre Dame has not had the season some expected of them, which coincided with senior forward Bonzi Colson playing in a mere 16 of the team's 31 regular season games. In the 15 games without him, the Fighting Irish posted a record of 7-8, and eight, which included a seven-game losing re- losing streak inside of ACC play. Colson returned with two games remaining in the regular season, both inside the ACC. They defeated Pittsburgh in the second-to-last game of the season and then fell to the Virginia Cavaliers by five points. On the other side, Pittsburgh's had a shell of a season in the sense of what they're known to be. They're known to be a tough out. They were anything but that this year, except for in this game. Panthers did not win a single game in ACC play this season, going 0 for 18. They were looking for their first win going into the ACC tournament and facing off against Notre Dame for the second time in three games. Freshman guard Parker Stewart tied the game at 10 to 10 for Pittsburgh off of his three with 14. 41 left before halftime, and freshman forward Terrell Brown would tie the game once again for Pittsburgh approximately a minute and a half later on a dunk, but Notre Dame would not be shaken in the opening half, expanding out to a double-digit lead, 36-24 at halftime. Second half was a different chapter in the story. Pittsburgh narrowed their deficit to one possession when Marcus Carr attacked and took contact at the rim, making the shot and the subsequent free throw, followed by Carr's pass that set up Stewart, who launched and connected from deep, bringing Notre Dame's lead to 48-45. As close as the Panthers came, however, the Fighting Irish would not allow them to overtake the advantage, Notre Dame would never trail the entire 40 minutes of the game, despite Pittsburgh's 13-6 run that brought about the aforementioned 48-45 situation. The game was lowered to just two points of separation, 63-61, after the Panthers knocked down three big-time shots from beyond the arc, two coming from junior guard Jared Wilson-Frame and the third coming from freshman guard Marcus Carr. An interesting foul call on Pittsburgh after noting Notre Dame seemingly went over the back, if anything, Placed Colson at the charity stripe, and that put the team up 65-61. Carr would then lose the handle on a really, I mean, this is one of those things that you can't let sit with you. You just got to get past it, but it's, it's, this is a tough one. The ball went off of his foot. Team loses the ball, eventually loses the game. 67-64 victory. Irish continue to fight for their hopeful spot in the NCAA tournament, now with a record of 19-13. And the Panthers have not won a single game 
in the ACC this season. They end the ACC play at 0-19. Coming up here for Notre Dame is Rex Fluger about not trailing and just playing down the stretch. Uh, you know, everyone in the ACC is a good team. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are. So they made it made it a tough game, and you went into March. Anything can happen. Uh, I'm really proud of our team, just how we handled it. Uh, just you know, having our guys back almost at full strength right now is awesome. And I think this is a great game moving forward for us to have that type of game time situations because we know uh, through a run that we're gonna hopefully make this March. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of close games. So this was good that we got one of these and pulled it out. And you said the run that you'll hopefully make in March. Do you feel like this team, in your opinion, for Notre Dame has done enough to be in consideration? I believe so. You know, with all the adversity that has hit us and, you know, just our a whole attitude on going in fighting every single game and just seeing the passion that every single one of our team teammates has is just unbelievable. I've never been a part of a team like this where we genuinely care for each other and for this team to keep playing. And, you know, we just want to keep fighting for our school and for just everyone around us. You didn't have Bonzi Colson for 15 games. <laughs> in that stretch, the team went 7-8. and eight. Mm -hmm. Just what you can say about life without Bonzi and just what that did and what it taught you. You know, 7-8 and eight in the ACC isn't that bad. It, without one of the best players in the country, that says a lot about our team. Uh, you know, that was a very tough stretch. In a few of those games, we didn't have Matt Farrell, a uh, third-team All-ACC player. And I just think this team is just so tough and resilient and very smart when it comes to the end of the game, uh, as we showed today. And there were those points. It was a three-point game. It was a three-point game again. It was a two-point game. Just what you can say about staying poised and in situations like that against a team like Pittsburgh who's got nothing to lose and is fighting for everything. Just what you can say you did to buckle down and, and keep your calm as a team. Uh, that, that just has to be, speak to the amount of veterans that we have on this team that have been through the fire. Speaking about just multiple players, uh, our whole senior class has been to two Elite Eights. Myself and Elijah Burns have been to one Elite Eight. So we understand the pressures that come with March. Last year we were in the ACC Championship. And so, you know, we just have a lot of players that understand situations and you just got to stay composed no matter the outcome no matter what happens you just got to keep a calm demeanor and just know everything's going to work out and just help hope it does when it comes down to this point in the season and they talk about on the bubble and which teams are in and which teams aren't you and Syracuse are hanging there in the balance but you got that victory over Syracuse by two at the buzzer without Bonzi and without Matt Farrell just what you can say about games like that where you're able to pull it off you know that just speaks to the testament of this team coach Break, recruits great players and so when a great player goes down we just look to the next guy to come up and step up uh, whether they play good or not it doesn't matter because we know it's going to be a great experience for them moving forward and I'm just super happy for where this team is right now and we just got to get back get rest up and get ready for tomorrow. That coming once again from Rex Fluger of the Notre Dame Fire, Fighting Irish. Coming up next is Bonzi Colson, the team going 7-8 and eight without him. Just what he thought about their play when he was out for those 15 games. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was a tough stretch that we went through. And, um, you know, throughout all, we knew we were going to have to fight adversity. We did. Um, nobody was hanging heads on each other. We took like men. And we stayed together through it all. And, you know, during those games, you know, we just asked each other just to empty the tank, you know, give it our all. And that's all you can ask for, you know, during that time period. And, um, you know, that's, that's just what it is. You decided to come back this season and then you go down with an injury. Just what was going through your head when you looked at that opportunity, you decided to come back to Notre Dame and then you're out 15 games? 
Yeah, I mean, um, you know, something you don't really think about getting injured. And, um, you know, it was a weird kind of play. I just got a rebound and jumped up the court, and I kind of felt something weird. And, uh, you know, through the whole time, I just, you know, I wasn't feeling down on myself. You know, everything happens for a reason. I kept God first through it all. You know, when Coach Bray told the team, you know, the guy said, hey, I'm going to still need you to be a leader. I'm still need you to be a vocal leader. And that's what I was doing. Um, you know, using my game experience, you know, my knowledge and my competitiveness to my advantage to teach, you know, to help guys put them in a good situation to be successful in the floor. There's games this season where, you know, they say that Notre Dame's on the bubble, they say Syracuse's on the bubble. You're able to get the win over Syracuse in the Dome at the buzzer mm -hmm. without you and without Matt Farrell. What did that say about your team? Yeah, it just shows who we are. It shows our character. So, we, you know, we could you know, we could play no matter who we have on the court. And um, we played hard that game. And that's all you can ask. <clears throat> it was a great game. Me and Matt were watching the locker room going crazy. And, um, you know, guys stepped up. Guys, you know, stepped up and played really well that game. And it uh, just shows who we are. You know, shows our character. Bring me into your rehab process and just what was going through your mind. And if you tried to speed it up a little bit, just, I mean, to get back for those last couple games, to get back for this, just how your rehab was supposed to go. And if you kind of said to them, hey, listen, if we got to do this thing in a couple months, let's make it a month and stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, I was grinding every day in the training room. Um, doing stem treatment, um, you know, keep trying to do some calf exercises and also lifting every day, upper body, to just keep that strength. And then um, that's when I was in the cast and with the crutches. And as soon as I got the cast off, started running a little bit, started doing a little bit of leg, you know, workouts, um, you know, try to, you know, do some hurdles and do some agility workouts. And then um, just staying positive through it all. You know, that, that was a tough time for me. But I felt like, you know, if you stay positive, you know, positive, you know, cures healing. And I, and I think I did that. It, it did. And, um, you know, I didn't really try to come back earlier, maybe the Wake Forest game a little bit. But I knew I wasn't ready, um, you know, basketball shape. But I didn't have a practice before that. So, um, you know, getting back into the rhythm of things was kind of something that kind of went smoothly within that process. Before we played Pitt, we had practice. And our chemistry was great. It's like nothing happened. So um, it felt good to be out there. And in closing, just what you can say about if your teammates took care of business while you were gone, just what you saw from them. Yeah, I mean, they did. They played their hearts out every game. We grinded. Nobody was complaining. We all stepped up to the challenge. Nobody was doubting ourselves. And um, that's all you can ask for. You know, shows that we have men. Shows that we grind no matter who's on the court. And, you know, shows that we have heart. Bonzi Colson, once again, of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, one of my favorite players in the country, and that was before this season even started, decided to come back as a senior and unfortunately went down with 15, 15 games with an injury but is back at the perfect time for Notre Dame, and they're going to need every single bit of them as they play Virginia Tech coming up here in the second round today from Brooklyn here at the ACC tournament. Coming up next from Notre Dame is Matt Farrell, just the team taking care of of what they needed to do with him out and with Bonzi Colson out. The team found ways to take care of business, including in that game against Syracuse at the buzzer. This is what Matt Farrell had to say. They've played their, their hearts out. You know, I just was talking to whoever I was talking to, talked about the UNC game. You know, that's a game we felt we should have won. There was a questionable call at the end, and we lose on free throws. And then um, they play Virginia Tech at home, and they put themselves in position to win. It was tough, you know, it wasn't easy, um, but it, it's, it was fun. You know, it's a challenge that we accepted with everything that we've gone through this year. Um, can only make us stronger, so, so that's our attitude. You're here on the team. Bonzi decided to come back. You never know when an injury is going to happen. Just what you learned from that, what this team learned from that, having to play without you and having to play without him. Trust, trust the system here. You know, trust the, the culture here. Trust the coaches. Trust your teammates. Um, 
it was tough. You know, we lost seven games in a row. Um, we lose those close games, and then we go down to, to Durham and play Duke and get our, you know, get our asses kicked. Um, it wasn't easy, but I think it speaks volumes to, to everybody's character in this locker room. Um, luckily, we have a great staff, great coaches, great managers, and, and that's, that speaks volumes to the culture here, and um, we fought through it. So. I was talking with Rex Fluger about it, not having Bonzi for 15 games. The team goes seven and eight. He goes, well, you know, for a stretch like that inside of the ACC, it's not too shabby. Is what you could say about that? Yeah, for sure. You know, we fought. <laughs> we kind of, after those first nine games, you know, we had a meeting in the locker room and we ripped up all the stats and we said, the back nine, it's a fresh start. And I think we win. Uh, what do we go on the back nine? Five and four. Five and four. You know, so, so that was great for us to go that way in the back nine, and we're kind of getting Bonzi back and getting me back and getting back into the flow of things. So we battled. We battled all year, and we're going to have to battle again tomorrow. You know, what you can say about the team, how the team feels right now, and if you feel like it's it's back to 100% or close to that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it's, it's tough because, you know, our starting five hasn't really played together a lot, and, and we're still trying to figure some things out. But, listen, we know how to play with each other. Uh, we got good players, and tomorrow's a really good challenge for us, and, and we're excited. It's a wake-up call, Fast Break. Hey, Wake Up Call listeners, this is Tom Taylor, owner of Sammy Malone's, located at 2 Oswego Street in Baldwinsville, New York, overlooking the beautiful Seneca River. We proudly open our doors to you seven days a week, beginning at 11 a.m. daily, with free parking. Whether it's game day, after work drinks, or a meal with family and friends, we are honored that you come visit us. Call 315-635-5407 for parties and catering. I'll see you at Sammy Malone's, home of the best sandwich in Beeville. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formalware. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing. With Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing. Proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, live on location 
in Brooklyn, New York. We are here. This is day two of the ACC tournament. It is the second round. There are plenty of games on the docket. The first matchup today, we'll see two teams that didn't play yesterday, the eight and the nine. That is Florida State going up against Louisville. And then from there, we'll see Boston College, the number 12 seed that advanced from the first round, take on number five seed at NC State. And from that moment, we will see the next team go up. We'll see number seven, Virginia Tech, who didn't play yesterday, take on number 10, Notre Dame. And Syracuse, the number 11 seed, will take on six-seeded North Carolina in a rematch from a game that was tied 74-74, and then all hell broke loose in the last few minutes of that game inside the Carrier Dome. With that being said, I know I promised you Syracuse men's basketball interviews from day number one, and you will get those before the end of the show, but... We want to get to Gene Waldron, want to get him on the broadcast here, Syracuse Orange men's basketball alum. So O'Shea Brissett, Alan Griffin, Frank Howard, Marek Dolajai will all be joining the show in just a little bit. My conversations with them following day one of the tournament, but not before we hear from Mr. Gene Waldron. Gene, how are you doing today? Good, good. Feeling good. Woke up this morning, got my five miles in, and um, really excited about tonight, you know, especially with after the performance they put in last, yesterday, um, you know, it, it looks encouraging. Yeah, when we see this team, and, and you and I were speaking about it off the air a little bit, Gene, that this team has been in, and you'll hear me talk with O'Shea Brissett about this in just a little bit, this team has been an enigma. They have been that, yeah, they're there, no, they're not, yes, they are. Well, And, and it's it's been so back and forth that you get really, really excited as a fan, and then you shake your head, and then you get excited again, and then you're confused, and then you get excited again, and then you don't know. So what do you think about this team? Do you feel like they've caught their stride at all? I mean, this is a team that'll win four in a row and lose, two in a row, lose, three in a row, lose. Their their longest streak of, of having six games in a row was at the beginning of the season where five out of those six they were anticipated to win. So, you know, just, just what you could say about, I mean, this team gets going and then they halt and then they go again, but they're in a place right now where they can't halt. There is no other game after the game if you halt at this point. Well, I, I think they, they they had some momentum going into um, the ACC tournament. I think they they were starting to play well. I think one of the biggest key for me is you started to see Dolajay catch his stride a little bit the last couple of games of the season. Um, and I think now um, he's got a little bit of confidence, and I think they all got a little bit of confidence in him. And um, they just seem to be playing a little bit better together as a unit. Um, you're still going to have those situations where Tyus and, and Howard's going to have to do their thing and, and O'Shea going to have to do their thing one-on-one. And that, that's going to have to happen. But I think the other two guys are really starting to show a little bit more, and I think that makes a big difference in the way that they play in that right now. And I want to take a look at you know what Pascal has been able to do. He had 14 points. In this game, he's a seven foot two guy who makes his free throws. Started the game off by making free throws. Just what you could say about you know Pascal, his blocking ability into you know people giving him garbage about his hands, but obviously he knows how to throw the ball down, and he seems to have a nice relationship with Frank Howard on those alley oops, and and that worked multiple times in the game. I think it worked more times in the game <laughs> in this game here in the ACC tournament against Wake Forest that maybe they've used it all season. So just what you could say about how Pascal seems like he's catching a, a nice stride right now. 
Well, Pascal is really starting to come along. Him and Dolce, they're really starting to come along these last couple of games. Uh, when you, you look at, you know, he's getting the ball inside, he's getting some rebounds, he's getting some blocks, and then he's, you know, seven foot two. You know, you throw that ball up in the air. Um, him and Howard's got a good communication thing going now, and he, you know, he's catching a lot of alley oops, and that, and that puts pressure on the on, on the defense. Um, and you know, I, I think it's, it's it's going really really well right now. I think. The confidence is growing, um, but you know NC is a different different animal. But I still think that those two guys have made the difference in the way that they're playing right now. And Dolajai, not only did he have a single game career day with twenty points, but he led the entire team. He had more points than Tyus Battle. If I told you, Gene, that Marek was going to outscore Tyus in a game this season, you'd probably think I was insane. Yet he's he's found a way to get it done, and you know he he kind of you know. It's funny, against Clemson, he thought about shooting a couple times and looked hesitant taking jump shots, and then he just attacked and went after it, went down the lane, took the contact, threw the ball up, made the shot. In this game, not so different. He attacked, and, and but he did take a jump shot early on in the game and was able to cash in. And I think, I think when he makes an early jump shot in this game, it builds his confidence, and then, you know, we know that he can get after it at the basket. I mean, he took on three guys at one point, banged around like a pinball, and was able to get the ball up in the air. I mean, his physicality is just, it's amazing. And I think it's hilarious that people looked at his body and said, oh, well, he's not strong enough to handle this. Obviously, that's not a true statement. Oh, no. I mean, he's he dunked the ball on one guy last night, got the foul, went up in split two guys got fouled and scored another basket and and that's the key for him you know he'll he'll bring his his defense but i think he's got some offense that you know we haven't really seen it up until last night and possibly the game before he's got a nice little jump shot he knows how to get to you know how to get to the basket it's a pretty good free throw shooter and he goes after every loose ball if there's a loose ball in his area he's going to try to get it you block a couple of shots you know he does not take any plays off and i, I think that's what i like about him and i think it's starting to filter through the team when you see last night how the loose ball syracuse got maybe 80% of the loose balls that were on the floor. And um, that's something that you didn't see early in the season. No, and and just what you could say about his tenacity, you know, Marek Dolajai is something that doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but the fact that he is willing to get after everything. You know, he reminds me of Christoph Anjanat and what Christoph oh, yeah. would do in the sense of everybody was like, you know, people would make fun of him and go, what did Christoph do? What did he bring to the team? He was just this guy that was out there for four minutes in a game, but nothing showed up, you know, almost nothing showed up in the stat sheet when he's flying all over the ground and, and just like squeaking across the floor and trying to get after the ball. The difference between Christoph and Marek is that Marek doesn't only go after everything, but he scores the ball. We obviously know he could be a threat offensively. And when people are looking at Syracuse, the greatest thing happened for the Orange in this first round of the ACC tournament. Everybody expected Tyus Battle, O'Shea Brissett, and Frank Howard. And what happened? Pascal Chuku, as well as Marek Dolajai, got after it, scored, and now North Carolina has to watch this film and go, okay, so if we leave these guys then these guys are going to be open. But if we leave these guys, and these guys are going to be open. So now, I mean, all, all five starters got into double digits, and Wake Forest isn't a cakewalk, despite what their record shows. So, I mean, if Syracuse did anything for themselves, they made them, in my opinion, made themselves a little bit scarier on film moving forward. 
Oh, and I have to say so. I mean, because North Carolina is not the greatest defensive team if you if you look at it. So I think from that standpoint, if these guys they get going and you get Pascal and and you know you get the other guys going, I, I just think that you're going to need all five of them tonight. You know, you you the big three have to bring it, but the the rest have to respond. Uh, it's going to be a long, it's going to be a long basketball game, you know, and they have to stay out of foul trouble. And one of the biggest thing that hurt them, I think it was the, the offensive and defensive rebounds. So they got to really stay on top of that. Yeah. And, you know, when we look at, you know, this, how the team has played so far and we speak on it, speaking here with Gene Waldron, Syracuse Orange men's basketball alum, you know, that wake up call during championship week is joined by at least one Syracuse basketball player in the family, one former Syracuse basketball player, every single broadcast and it is no different this season we had Roosevelt Bowie Jr. and Dale Shackelford we have Gene Waldron on the air right now with us Gene to to take a look at you know the the up and down of this season what have you learned from this team they got to 20 wins they got to the you know the the what the committee typically we think it goes after is 20 wins or 20 and 12 they have a quality wins against Virginia Tech against Clemson uh, they split with Boston College, who's still in this thing for the ACC tournament. They won at Georgetown, at Miami, at Louisville, and Buffalo, who's a good team this year. They beat them at home and got eighty on them. So, what have you what have you learned from the team at this point? I think the one of the biggest things that I have to say is that they always show that they have the capability of beating anybody or being in a game any any given night and and, and I, th- I think probably one of the biggest things is that they exceeded their expectations so they have nothing to be ashamed of right? they have nothing to lose but just go out there and and play and i think they did that last night against wake they just went out there and played um and also uh, you know it, it's it's that time of year now you're going to see see who has it and who doesn't have it and last night O'Shea really didn't have it he kind of was, you know, he didn't score a whole lot, but it was nice to see everybody else pick up the slack. And now I'm thinking, well, tonight if the big three bring it and the other two bring it and we get a little bit of help from the bench, just a little bit, you know, I think we got a really good chance of winning. I really, truly think we got a good chance of winning. Yeah, and when, when, when we look at this, I mean, you look at Syracuse going up against North Carolina, and, you know, they North Carolina shot extremely well inside of the Carrier Dome. You know, Joel Berry the second, pretty much, you know, whatever, whenever the ball touched his hands, he was getting after it in a big-time way. You know, we look at the debacle, three minutes and seven seconds left. Syracuse had trailed the whole game. It's 74-74 to 74 with 3.07 to go in the Carrier Dome, Syracuse, North Carolina. And then Pascal pulls off a big-time offensive rebound off the backboard, puts it on the floor. Joel Berry takes it away. He goes like Speedy Gonzalez down the lane and is able to make that layup. And then Syracuse takes that three-point shot. Uh, Frank Howard with plenty of time. I think it was 32.9 seconds left on the game clock. Takes a three. It goes wide right. And then Joel Berry gets fouled. He hits two free throws. And then Syracuse comes down and throws up a wily shot that gets blocked, and then O'Shea tries a three in the corner. Definitely not the play calling you wanted to see down the stretch, but what did it tell you about that game? That Syracuse trailed the entire time, found a way to tie it in the final three minutes, 
And, you know, outside of some bad play calling, they were right there in the game. And, and you could even argue to say that if they were smarter on their offensive possessions, maybe that one swung their way or at least to overtime at that point. And that's why I think tonight, if, if that's going to be the situation, you got those other two that are playing with confidence. The, the, you got the other two that are playing with confidence. So they now they can possibly say to myself, well, if I don't have the shot, can I pass it to Pascal? Can I pass it to uh, Dolage? Can they make a play? And I think after what you saw last night, hopefully, you know, Tyus and O'Shea and, and, and Howard, they have the confidence to say, well, if I don't have it, can I give it to these guys and let them make a play? Because they did that last night. You know, so um, for me, it's if it's close, I think it's either going to be a close game or we're getting blown out. That's how I see it. Gene Waldron letting you know what's going on, either a close game or a blowout. What is your biggest concern with North Carolina? What is it about them that is the biggest concern to you? Is is it the outside shooting? Is it, you know, is it just their methodical sense of, I mean, they seem to stay relatively calm, but I want to go back to North Carolina's schedule here for a second and let people know kind of what the seasons look like for North Carolina. Now, remember, folks, they were in the top four inside of the ACC. They were in the top three inside of the ACC and in the last week had fallen out all the way to number six, which is why they're facing Syracuse here in in the uh, second round of the ACC tournament and not playing in the quarterfinals and getting a rest for the first couple games. This team defeated Clemson and lost to Clemson the second time around, so they have a split with Clemson, they lost to NC State, they lost to Virginia Tech, they lost to Miami, they lost to Duke. So, you know, when you look at North Carolina, they lost to teams that Syracuse had taken down. They split with NC State, pardon me here, but losing to Miami, losing to Virginia Tech, those are some of the victories that Syracuse can hang their hat on. <clears throat> and the team has been good this season. They've been strong this season. But at the same time, North Carolina has shown that they're vulnerable, and, and obviously in Syracuse's case against, uh, you know, in the Carrier Dome, they left the door open. They didn't slam the door shut on Syracuse. So, you know, where are the vulnerabilities if you see them? Well, it's the fact that they're not a great defensive team. Um, they don't play a lot of defense, but I think the one thing that Syracuse has got to be aware of that they will go at the offense, offensive rebound. They will definitely do that, but on the defensive end, that's where I think we get uh, a really strong talent. I think Al, I think uh, Tyus, O'Shea, and Howard are more equipped to get into the basket than they are getting to our basket. They've got to protect that zone. Don't let um, Carroll get off. They can't let him start hitting some shots because if he hits some early shots, it could be a long night. And they got to keep him off the boards. And I, and I think that's one of the biggest things. Keep them off the offensive boards. And when the game is tight, have faith in every in all five guys, not just three. Yeah, you know, and I think that's a big thing. And Marek, you know, uh, I was speaking with Adrian Autry about it. He had made the statement to me that, that you know, the team wanted Marek to know, you know, we have faith in you. He want, they, wanted, they wanted him to know you can shoot the ball. And, and O'Shea kind of going over to him and different guys going to him and saying, you know, we need you. And, and they, Adrian said that it got to a point where the team was kind of saying to him, hey, you're hindering the team and you're right. hurting the team by not right. taking the shot. And we, we saw him very hesitant against Clemson, and then he just went to the basket. 
in the game that I was mentioning against Wake Forest here in Brooklyn in the first round, he hesitated a couple times, and you even heard the fans like, shoot it. And then all of a sudden, he took that jump shot, and I was completely surprised that that he took that because Faye didn't go to the basket, I can see, but he took that jumper, and when that jumper fell in, I don't know if the crowd cheered any louder than that moment in the game when Marek Dolajai took the jump shot and it fell in for him. And, you know, I mean, I, I just – he has so much in the tank, but they have to let him play. And I'm not looking over at the bench at Jim Bayheim. I know Jim can be hard on his guys sometimes, and, and maybe it's not the greatest thing for you know him to make a comment that a guy can't shoot or a guy can't do this or do that because it doesn't help the confidence of that player. But for Marek and, and for all the guys out there, you're not coming out this season more often than not. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but there's nobody to take your spot. So nobody. for you know what I mean. So in Marek's case. Let it fly, and if you and if you miss, you know, three of them wide, then okay, maybe we stop. But you know, why not get after it? Why not do it? Because I'll tell you, if they didn't have Marek and they didn't have Pascal, that's thirty-four points. They don't win the game against Wake Forest. Well, another thing is, that, you know, it, shoot it anyway. So at least they, the 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 defense is saying, well, you know, he's gonna shoot. I mean, you got to do it. if they they thinking you're not gonna do anything, then then they can back off and help out. Uh, more times than none, but if they're seeing that you're going to shoot the ball, then they've got to try to defend, and then if you hit a few, then that makes it even tougher. Then the help can't be as much. So um, I, I, I think t- tonight is is it, it, it's huge. I, I, I've got a feeling we're overdue. We're overdue with this team, and I mean, it's not like we can't put up points. And then, like I said, North Carolina is not the greatest defensive team, but those big three have to be on tonight. I mean, because North Carolina is a different animal. We those three have to be on, you know. And if if they're on, and you have Pascal and Cuckoo going, and it's just going to be, you know, Dol- if you have Pascal and um, Dolajay going, could you imagine? And they stay out of foul trouble because that might be a concern too for Pascal him getting in foul trouble. You know, we got to keep him out of foul trouble because he's more offensive minded than than the other guy. Yeah, you know, and, and, and that's the thing is, you know, Syracuse's bench with Matt Moyer, like like we had spoken about, he's got a tight leash on him, and he's got a Caleb Joseph-ish leash, leash on him right now at this point. And then Barama Sidibe, you know, Barama hasn't been fully 100% really all season, which which has affected it. But, you know, don't count him out. Not, off, not necessarily offensively, but I'm just looking at it like you can't count out a guy like Barama because – he really is his hand-eye coordination and blockage. I could just see him coming into a game and everybody going, "Oh yeah, it's Brahma. He's not going to do." It. And then he just like swats the hell out of you. So I mean, they, there's always that component that Brahma is going to do. It. I mean, think about the Pittsburgh game in Pittsburgh at the Peterson when he came out and everybody's like, "Is he healthy? Is he not healthy?" And he yeah, just went off game. in that game. Yeah, well, and don't be surprised if it comes to it that these guys getting some foul trouble and Moy has to go in there. Don't be surprised if he pulls a couple of tricks out of his bag. Don't be surprised. I mean, because if it comes to it and you have to produce, you better produce. If it comes to it where these other guys are in foul trouble and he's got no other choice to put Moyer in the game and Sabibe in the game, you better be able to produce. Hey, stop it. My dogs are acting crazy right now. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
And, and Gina, I got, I got to tell you that one of the fans said, just wrote into the show, said, if we beat North Carolina, I'm going streaking. And I just put, I'll alert the authorities if that is something. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting up here thinking, well, if they pull this one off, I might be taking a road trip. Because I've been going to, to the tournament, to the, even when it was Big East and AC. I've been going, me, my wife and I have been going every year. And this is the one year we said, ah, no. You know, we didn't feel comfortable going because of the play. The up and down has really been in- inconsistent. But, you know, with that being said, me sitting up here, the wife and I sitting up here watching the game last night, I was like, wow, something we always do and we didn't do. She says, well, every time we go, they lose. I was like, well, don't look at it like that. <laughs> You can't, you can't look at Gene. Listen, I'm down. I'm down in the BK. If you want to come to Brooklyn, you can. You can come down here. I'll welcome you to Brooklyn. You know? <laughs> yeah. We, we, we got to take care of Brooklyn because this is the thing. It's in Brooklyn, and I'm starting to get. This is the thing I don't like. I'm starting to get used to it, right? Because I'm a Big East kid, so I know that Madison Square Garden. And I was there for that last Madison Square Garden Big East tournament when it was the Big East with Syracuse and Georgetown, and Louisville, and all that. So. I'm I'm liking big city life, and I enjoy it. Now, I enjoy Greensboro, and I enjoy Charlotte. I enjoy all of them, but there's a feel about this place, and you know what? The man gets comfortable, and then they take it away from the man. I mean, I get to enjoy it this year, Gene, and then Jesus knows when we're coming back to Brooklyn. So, you know, right. you, you got to – listen, if it's just for the food, and it's just for the entertainment, and it's just for BK, and it's just for the Barclays, and it's just for hanging out with, you know, me for a few minutes at the game – it is worth the road trip, Gene. So get the hell out of Dodge. Get yourself down here, and let's have some fun in the BK because we might not be back here till like twenty thirty five. Who knows? But but let me tell you, my wife, if 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 I if we decide to go, you know the missus is coming because she loves New York City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now, do you take do you take her out? Does she go to like Canal Street and stuff? She go shopping or what? She do? She does all that. Okay. Cats, all that, all the. the Everywhere. Canal Street. <clears throat> Canal Street's a place. Brings back all the stuff they have down there, the, <laughs> the bags. You know what I'm saying. She brings all that <laughs> Now, do, does, she take, does she take your car to Canal Street or does she take hers? Oh, no. You know there's no way she's taking her. her, her <laughs> my wife and I driving her car to New York City. She says, no, no, we take that truck. Okay. <laughs> is, she, is she taking the credit card from you or, or is she using hers? Oh no 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 no! She using hers. Oh okay. Oh no! That's going too far. <laughs> well, well I, might, I might buy a meal or two. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that that's fair enough, Gene. You know, you got you feed your wife because she. I mean, we see it on Facebook all the time. She feeds you pretty damn well. You can feed her a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't complain. That coming from Gene Waldron, who will, who will, if Syracuse beats North Carolina, will get his butt in the truck and get down here and celebrate some BK life with me. Gene, as always, man, I appreciate you, and I look forward to seeing you, hopefully, this week. Okay, but take care. Thanks for having me. All right, take care. Bye-bye. That coming from Gene Waldron once again. Gene, man, he's just he's a cool dude. I love him. I really do. He's a fun guy. Fun to be around. He's going to be at the CNY Pot Festival. So are so many former Syracuse athletes, football and basketball, and entertainers from the TV and movie world, from The Flash, from Power Rangers, from Gremlins, from Star Wars, from Planet of the Apes, from Cousin It, from The Adams Family. Get your tickets now. CNYPopFestival.com. Listen, I'm in the BK right now. 
right? I'm in, I'm in like the stomping grounds of New York Comic Con. So I know what it's like with big life and, and big shows and big this and big that. We're doing something so different for the CNY Pop Festival that it's unlike anything you've ever seen before. It's a Comic Con and a sports con thrown together with local vendors for food and local businesses getting together. It is a celebration of central and upstate New York and bringing in people from all over the country. My entertainers are coming from Las Vegas. They're coming from St. Louis. They're coming from Vancouver. They're coming from Toronto. They're coming from L.A. And they're coming from your neck of the woods right there in central upstate New York in New York City. So you need to buy your tickets now. They're not expensive. $30 for VIP while supplies last. And if you buy tickets right now in the May the 4th promotion... You will get a free children's admission with the purchase of an adult ticket. So for every adult that buys a ticket, you get a free child ticket if you buy the promo one. You can't just buy the adult pre-sale. You have to buy the one that says, May the 4th be with you. That is free child with an adult purchase. Go buy your tickets now at cnypopfestival.com and at cnypopfestival.eventbrite.com. We'll take a step aside, come back with Lawrence Moten in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Gear up with the real deal at Drysig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DrysigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens... They're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We are live from the BK all week long. We're down here in Brooklyn for the ACC tournament as well as championship week, and we are bringing you on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Syracuse Orange men's basketball alum in every single broadcast of the show. Unprecedented, but that is what we do here. With that being said, Lawrence Moten is on the show with me right now. He's no stranger to the broadcast. I consider him somebody who's a friend, and him and I have been speaking for about two, three years now about retiring that jersey, and we finally got to see it happen, and I couldn't be happier for him. With that being said, Lawrence, how you doing today? I'm doing good, Dan. Uh, blessed to wake up. You know, every day you wake up is a blessing, man, and uh, 
you know, looking forward to these guys uh, trying to get one more victory tonight. And, and Lawrence, what can you say about this year's team and just, just what they've done? They've been a little bit of an enigma, and sometimes, you know, they look really good, and other times they kind of make you scratch your head a little bit. What have you taken away from the team this year? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, feisty team, you know, um, who sometimes uh, plays to the caliber of the team that they're playing against. You know, um, you know, have a guys, guys, you know, that are truly, truly working hard but also guys who truly, truly still have to learn learn the game. Uh, I can say uh, anytime you can get 20 wins in a season, it's not bad. And Coach Bayhoff found a way uh, to, to, to have the guys uh, believe in their ability and believe in the scheme, and we've actually gotten 20 victories. So um, kind of, like you said, up and down, up and down, but... You know, we bleed on for life, and we're going to be with those guys no matter what. Lawrence, uh, I got to expand <laughs> with you here because you and I got to talk in the uh, in the post game or in the po- in the press conference. You know, after your jersey was retired, we got to speak for a little bit and and do some video. But you know, the, you and I have had kind of some fireside chats about this thing at, at a lot of different venues at a lot of different times about getting your jersey retired, 2,334 points, all-time leader in Syracuse history, all-time leader in Big East history. Just uh, just what you could say about that moment for you and what it meant to you and how, you know, you were you were talking about the possibility for the last few years and now you don't have to talk about it anymore. I mean, it's real life at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's true. I can honestly say it's uh... – on that aspect, it's a good feeling when you don't have to uh, hear it, you know, like three and four times a day when they retire in a jersey. It's uh, it's finally official now, you know. Um, it was it was definitely a, a good day, you know. Um, I really really enjoyed um, seeing seeing my daughter's expressions in their faces because they never saw me pretty much play. They see me play, but not in college. You know, and, and to see the joy on their faces and for them to see, you know, the love that I've, received, I've been receiving and I get all the time. And, you know, they hear me talk about it all the time. And for them to actually see it uh, is a beautiful thing. And, and to have my name, like I said, your you name, your number, uh, in the rafters forever, uh, is truly, truly a, a beautiful thing. It, it shows that, you know, people appreciate you know, uh, what you did, and, and, and you're getting rewarded for it now. And you brought up your daughters, just, you know, what it meant for you to have, I mean, they they were beaming there. I mean, it, from, from ear to ear, they're smiling. Just, it was a beautiful moment for your family. They were there to, you know, present that award to you and, and be there with you and just what you could say. I mean, I've had the opportunity of meeting both your daughters before and speaking with you on the family and just what it meant for you to have them there. I mean, Lawrence, you know, you were on that basketball court just wreaking havoc on opponents, and now you have two young women that are your children that are standing there next to you the day you get honored, just how special that moment was. Yeah, yeah, that was that was very special, Dan, you know. And, you know, like I said, you know, we've been friends for some years now, and, you know, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, you did an interview with those two, with my two girls in the dome and asked them, you know, what the feeling would be like. And they kind of like explained it to you. And 
told you how happy they'll be. But, you know, like I said, it was a situation where every time I stepped in that dome, I felt like I was walking into my house. And and it was my job to uh, show all the people that came uh, that I appreciate, you know, the love and, and we're going to have a good time that day. You know, and, and I can honestly say more more victories than L's in that dome for me, for sure. <laughs> and, uh, definitely some, some, some great times and some great memories. And, you know, met a lot of, got a chance to meet a lot of good people. And, you know, um, hopefully this will definitely open up some more doors for myself as far as helping out the university and doing something in that capacity. But, you know, it's all about time. And I enjoy teaching and, and coaching. You know, I'm also helping out at the Boys and Girls Club. And I'm a mentor and specialist here at Clary Middle School. So, you know, I got my degree in education. And this is my way of giving back, you know, because um, they need they need true teaching. Youth need true teaching. Speaking here with Lawrence Moulton, Syracuse Orange living legend. And, and, and Lawrence, you know, when we look at, the hope for the future, like you said, you, you, you said more than once that you hope that this opens a door for your future and maybe opens a door to helping the university. What would you like to do? Do you have anything in mind? Well, you know, I, I could definitely see myself helping out the athletic department in some capacity, whether, whether it be, uh, you know, going on a suit, you know, which I have no problem doing and, and helping the university raise money, you know, sort of uh, the same aspects of something like Florida Little, you know, was doing, you know, and that thing, and that aspect. And, and I'm all about helping all of the athletic um, department, not just basketball. I'm big on the whole uh, university's athletic department. You know, we all, we're all one. And of course, you know, some, some, uh, some teams make more than others as far as economically. You know, we know the football team and the basketball teams gross the most revenue, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, all athletics in Syracuse uh, University should feel like one, and, and that's my true goal, to, to have us all feel like one and, and have people understand that we're in this together. And and that's a great sentiment, and I agree with you wholeheartedly with that, Lawrence. There's another piece that kind of goes off of that in, in a way in connection with Syracuse, uh, we just had a fan write into the show that said, "What's a message? What's a message that you would send to kids now and recruits that are coming to Syracuse? So, what would be a message that you would send to kids out there right now that are going through recruiting that are thinking of coming to Syracuse or that are coming to Syracuse?" Well, uh, the message that I would give is, you know, uh, you know, understand that you know if you decide to uh, choose Syracuse and you're coming here. Understand it's going to take a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication and staying focused on being the best you can be. You know, this is this town here, you know, that they, they, we love, they love hard, you know, and basketball and all sports, just basketball and football, it's almost like religion. So it's not like where I'm from, being in Washington, D.C. area, where you have the Redskins, the Ravens, the Orioles, the Nats, Capitals. Up here in Syracuse, that's all you have is the university. So, uh, understanding that, you know, uh, will definitely help you, you know, uh, on, on being the best you can be. Because, you know, if you do what you have to do, no doubt in my mind, if you truly play well here and, and, and treat people the right way and have good character, um, 
these people will love you forever. That coming from Lawrence Moten, and, and, and Lawrence, uh, the chip on your shoulder, Adrian Autry and I spoke after your jersey retirement in the locker room, and he said, you know, I never feel like he lost that chip. He just always had it. And, you know, you made mention of, of Georgetown in your speech and whatnot, but you always seem to have that chip on your shoulder of, of not being highly recruited or highly touted coming out of high school, and you, and it never left you in the best of ways because you played your heart out. Just what you can say about that. Yeah, well, you know, you know um, at the end of the day, you know, what you put in this game is what you're going to get out of it. And, you know, I, I truly... I was dedicated to my craft, you know, whether it be football and basketball. There was no doubt. I, I, I was All-American in both sports, so uh, I never doubted myself. It's just a situation that understanding that each step you take up the ladder, you know, you know, high school, you were All-American, now you got to go to college. So understand that, understand mentally that um, everybody that's coming to college with you were All-Americans at their home, too. So uh, you just have, I was always mentally prepared, you know. Um, I, I, I always kind of sounds crazy, but I, I was always good on seeing it, before, seeing something before it happened, big on anticipating, and just trusting in my ability. You know, uh, Wayne Morgan told me a story, he had me laughing a couple of days ago. He said, you probably don't even remember this, but when uh we had a couple of them. When I first got to Syracuse, don't forget, it was six guys. And I probably was the considered the fifth best. Anthony Harris was the top guy in the recruiting class. Luke Jackson was second. Bazaar Sims was third. Glenn Secunda was fourth. I probably was fifth. And J.B. Reefsnyder was sixth. So um, we would play pickups games against each other. And, you know, when we first got to school and everything, and, I mean, uh, a coach told me, Coach Morgan uh, said he walked me into the office and he said, um, so, so Lawrence, what do you think? How do you think, uh, how do you think you're fitting here? And, and what do you think? How do you think you've been playing? And he said, I said, Coach, let's keep this a secret. I'm the best freaking player on the team. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the freshman class, I'm, I'm the best one. You know, so uh, he told me that I, I, I bust out laughing because, you know, just that inter, inter, inner mental strength that I had, you know, understanding, like I said, man, if you, what you put in is what you're going to get out of this. And my high school coach always tell me, I'll never forget, he used to run us to death and we would practice for two or two and a half hours, but maybe for hours we wouldn't even see a basketball. We doing drills and kicking some slides and his big words, we used to look at him. He used to yell out, it's hard, but it's fair. <laughs> it's hard, it's hard, but it's fair. And, and, and we didn't understand it. But when we got a chance to hold up that championship trophy, uh, my, my my junior year and, and almost senior year, we got a chance to hold up that trophy. Uh, and, and he said, it's hard, but it's fair. We truly understood, you know, what he meant. You know, um, at the time, you know, what you put in this game is what you want to get out of it. And uh, in closing here, Lawrence, there was another question that we got that I want to get to really, really quick. And that was, what player did you look forward to? What what player did you like playing the most against come game time? So who did you look forward to going up against the most? Oh, it was, 
you know, you could say Ray Allen, Kerry uh, Kittles, you know, uh, even Ray Allen Iverson doing that, that little stage, you know, guys, Malik Sealy, it's a bunch of guys, Terry DeHair, you know, you, you had a bunch of guys that I, I truly uh, was looking forward to uh, playing against and, and playing well, you know. So uh, offhand, those are some of the guys that I really uh, felt like, Danielle Marshall, you know, I felt like I had to uh, bring my A game. And, you know, when you got my A game, you know, you're going to get good results. And like like Coach said, you know, uh, I was blessed to we, – we were blessed as a team to win 20 games or more all my four years. I got a Big East championship, and I also went to a Sweet 16. You know, and that's three out of four years because don't forget one year we were a band, which was my sophomore year. Yeah. But uh, but for the most part, um, great, 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 great times, and uh, looking forward to the next chapter of my life. Absolutely, and and I think that chapter needs to include an event that uh, I'm going to be coming <clears throat> coming up with here in August, the festival that we're doing, and and I know that you and I gotta take some time and sit down and talk, and I know that you're up in Syracuse, so when I get back from Brooklyn, you and I will have to sit down because I feel like there is definitely, absolutely a place for Lawrence Moulton at this event that we're going to be doing. So I look forward to talking with you about it. Absolutely. And uh, how ironic is that, Dan, that, um, you know, like I said in my speech, you know, uh, Sherman Douglas is number 20, yeah. I'm number 21, and Dave Bing is 22. And, and, and we're all from the same uh, same hometown. You know, that's kind of ironic. You yeah. know. And, um, There's something like special said, to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Georgetown killer for life. <laughs> I love that. And it's funny that you said you're a numbers guy because my number is ironically 21 from my birthday. And so maybe that's what connects us to Lawrence. But, you know, yeah. my my number's it's 20. Crazy. It's crazy, Dan, because, I mean, I'm just, just a little thing like at my retirement, Dolan's Jack hitting the free throw right. number 21. Right. And I'm going to get even deeper on you. We get this win tonight. That'll be 21. Yeah, it'll be 21-12, so 21 in the reversal of it as well. So, yeah, it's just nice that I found somebody else that, that gets numbers like I do. When you were like, I'm a numbers guy and I get numbers, I'm sitting there like, I want to go up to you right now. And I was like, I wanted to rush the court, give you a big hug, and be like, thank you, I'm not crazy. At least you and I both <laughs> <No>. get it. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, as always, man, I appreciate it. I look forward to talking with you soon and – and uh, I'll probably be giving you a call while I'm down here in the BK to discuss, you know, what's going on and just to catch up with you a little bit because we only got to talk for a few minutes at your uh, ceremony. But I look forward to being in touch with you soon. Okay, Dan. You take care, man. All right. God bless. Take care. Yep. That coming from Lawrence Moton once again, we're going to get on the air right now, Ryan Blackwell. It is such a busy, crazy, and amazing day for Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, and I love, I love the busyness of of it all because it's it's just fun and it's exciting. So we're getting Ryan Blackwell on the air right now, so that we can have this conversation. And Ryan is here with us. Ryan, how you doing today? Good. How you doing? Doing very well, and and Ryan, uh, first and foremost, before we get into anything Syracuse related, 
I want to discuss with you Liverpool. You guys just won a sectional championship. So there's there's a lot of amazing things going on in your life that stem well outside of what Syracuse is doing in the ACC tournament and whatnot. So first and foremost, a huge congratulations to Liverpool. Thank you. I appreciate it. So bring me into it. I mean, it's back-to-back. I mean, you, you come into Liverpool, you become the head coach of this team, you throw them onto the map, and, and I mean, you coincide, you are paralleling the success of Liverpool since coming to the program. Just what you can say about what you've seen out of the guys, what you've done there, and, and just all of this early success, because it truly is something special for your career, and it's something special for the Central New York community as well. Uh, well, they say experience is the best teacher. I feel like I've, I have a lot of experience. You know, my playing days and coaching and being overseas and just being around a lot of people, and I've tried to incorporate that and, and just bring it back to these kids and teach them the best way. I think they have fun with it. Um, you know, they work hard. You know, they play hard, um, and I'm trying to teach them the right way, and, and, it, and they're very responsive to what I give them. Uh, there's a lot of respect uh, between myself and my players, and um, I think it shows. What can you say about the the game? I mean, obviously going into the game with Liverpool and Nottingham and, and just how tight that game was toward the end, just the poise of your team and the trust that they had in one another through the process and through the game because, you know, watching that game, it came down to the wire. It was interesting at the end, but ultimately your team was able to pull it out. So just what you saw from the guys and, and how how much they trust one another in those tight situations. Yeah, uh, Nottingham played a very good game. They've gotten better over the course of the season. I mean, we beat them pretty handily both games, but we knew coming in, you know, they had gotten better. And at this time, everyone should be playing well. Um, but we've been through a lot of battles. We've had injuries, and Charles Pride and Nas Johnson have been injured some games. Charles is out for a month. And different guys have stepped up. So, you know, being through those battles, you know, coming down to the wire, they didn't get rattled. They're, they knew what they had to do. They made the right plays when they had to. And being, you know, what have you learned about yourself? Like you said, experience is the best teacher to help you to do what you're doing as a coach. But what have you learned of yourself as you've been the coach at Liverpool? Because, you know, you and I had discussed that, you know, I feel like if a job opened up at Syracuse as an assistant, that you would make sense there. I know your good friend Alan Griffin is there right now. But, you know, I trust in your ability to go out there and do what you need to do and coach how you need to coach. And, and obviously at Liverpool, you've shown that. What has it taught you? When you look in the mirror now, what has the game taught you as a coach? What has this team taught you? Well, for me, it's like I said, it's about working hard and everything is going to handle itself. Um, and for me, I just have to, you know, naturally I'm just kind of a patient person, uh, kind of laid back, and I think I bring that to the table and the guys – you know, I think they appreciate that. And during situations like against Nottingham, when things get tight, we're never, you know, we stay calm, we remain calm. And I think that's been the best approach for me, um, especially with high school kids, just to remain calm. And as long as they're working hard, yelling at them doesn't work for me because it didn't work for me as a player. Um, so that laid back calm demeanor, I think it's just the best approach. And I think it's, it's worked. And when we look at what's coming up here with Ryan Blackwell, Liverpool is playing Shenandoah at Hudson Valley Community College this Saturday at 6.45 p.m. Eastern time. Just what you could say about the upcoming game against Shenandoah and being in the tournament, being in the regionals right now moving forward. Yeah, it's not going to get any easier. They, uh, I 
I don't think they were the best in their section this year, but they, they had some upsets. Obviously, they have a lot uh, history of winning. Um, they have a lot of good teams and a lot of good players come out of there. Kevin Hunter, who's at Maryland, um, so they're well-coached. Well so we're, we're going to have our hand full. We've got to be ready to play. But I like our chances. When we come to play, we do the things we need to do on both ends of the floor. We're consistent. Um, we play pretty well. That coming from Ryan Blackwell. Ryan, really quick here to switch gears to Syracuse. They got to the they got to the twenty wins, you know the the twenty that people are always circling as what the committee needs to see. They have wins over Virginia Tech as well as at Miami, at Louisville, at Georgetown. They beat Buffalo at home, who's another good team this season. They beat Clemson, and now they have their twenty wins, and they're going into a game against North Carolina. Have they done enough, in your opinion? Is there more work to be done? What do you think about Syracuse's place right now? It wouldn't hurt to get a win against North Carolina, but. Most of their losses, they've been in the game. I think the committee usually, you know, take that into consideration. Um, we've had chances, you know, Florida State, Notre Dame, North Carolina, at Wake Forest. Uh, there were multiple multitude of games where we could have won. St. Bonaventure, um, they were all close. They weren't like really blowouts, with the exception of Duke and Kansas and probably that Boston College game. All of their games were competitive. Uh, we're in the toughest league in the, in the country. Um, you know, we beat some pretty good teams and and challenged a lot of good teams. So, you know, a couple of years ago, we had 19 wins. Everyone said we wouldn't get in, lost to Pittsburgh. The first round of the tournament, we get in and we get to the Final Four. So you just never know what the committee's thinking or how they're, they're judging their criteria. Uh, I personally think we have enough, but we'll see what happens. What has this team shown you? Because, I mean, you were obviously a part of Syracuse basketball, and you went through the ebb and flow, and there's ups and downs for every squad. But for this Syracuse team, you know, they're leaning on their starters. Marek Dolajai has become a starter. Barama has not been 100% all season. Matt Moyer hasn't got a lot of time. He has a tight leash on him right now. Howard Washington Jr. didn't play a lot, and now he's injured and, and out for the season, and that happened a few weeks back. So, when you look at the fact that they can really lean on their starters and that's it, maybe one other guy, you know, they're doing, they're going up against teams inside of the ACC, which I agree with you is arguably the toughest conference in college basketball, 351 schools and all the conferences there are. They go up against teams that have seven guys on their bench, five guys on their bench, four guys on their bench, six guys on their bench. Syracuse, is playing five, six, maybe seven, five and a half sometimes when there's injuries going on. Has this team impressed you up to this point? And what can you say they've done with such a short bench? I mean, they got to lean on each other, and Marek Dolajai and Pascal Chukwu, I mean, they they stood out more so in the ACC tournament game against Wake Forest than they have all season with 34 points combined and everything else that they did, blocking shots and getting after it. Just what you've taken away from the team this season and the fact that they've had to do a whole lot more with a whole lot less. Yeah, I mean, I think you basically answered the question yourself, but <laughs> um, limited resources, you know, they've challenged a lot of teams. They've won some big games with, you know, with everything that's happened, Leiden leaving, Torrin Thompson leaving, Gino, Gino leaving, um, injuries here and there, Matt Moyer and Sidney Bay. And, yeah, I mean, to do what they've done, it's, you know, obviously attributed to the coaches and Coach Beheim. Obviously, um, not many coaches could do what he's doing with this roster uh, and this, you know, this roster and this number of guys. It's amazing. 
And finally, for you, Ryan, not, <laughs> you hear people say Jim Beheim's over and done with. Why is he still coaching this, that, and the other? Then we see what he does with this year's team. Just what you could say a little bit deeper on that, because you're not the first person that brought up the notion of nobody could do what Jim Beheim's doing with this team. So just to expand a little bit more on that and why you feel that way. Yeah, I mean, that's just the genius of Jim Beheim. He's the only one that could do that. I mean, that not many many teams or many coaches with this same roster uh, would probably have 11 or 12 wins. If they have 20 wins, with, with all that's going on is, you know, shows, you know, why Jim Beheim's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he does great things with limited resources. And, and like I said, there aren't too many guys, if any, that could do what he's doing. That coming from Ryan Blackwell, whose team will face off this weekend on Saturday with Shenandoah in the regionals as they continue on their postseason and a hopeful victory coming for Liverpool. Ryan, as always, I know you had a few minutes this morning. Thanks for spending them here on Wake Up Call, and I look forward to speaking with you soon. And as always, God bless, and we hope nothing but the best for your team as you move forward. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. All right, take care. That coming from Ryan Blackwell. We're going to take a really quick, fast break, and we're going to wrap up the show. Those conversations with the Syracuse Orange that I promised you from the first round of the ACC tournament that I did down here in Brooklyn featuring Marek Dolajai, Frank Howard, O'Shea Brissett, and Alan Griffin are all coming up in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Hi, this is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. The Pennant Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Pennant Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Penn and Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 
487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, live on location in Brooklyn, New York for Championship Week and the ACC Men's Basketball Tournament featuring interviews with players and coaches inside of the ACC Tournament every single day of the week this week and beyond, as well as former Syracuse players gracing the stage of every single live episode from Brooklyn here in on, I should say, mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. If you're not a member, make sure you become one today. It is free and easy, and make sure you're on wakeupcalldt.com for all your info. As promised, Syracuse interviews are up here and up next. Marek Dolajai and I had an opportunity to speak on his 20-point career day. I got a little bit of a funny answer from him, which is pretty amazing. This is what he had to say. Yeah. Oh, of course. Um, in the USA, of course. <laughs> so, but outside I'm, of the US, where what was your highest? Uh, like 48. 48. Mm-hmm. So, how does this feel compared to that? I feel good, uh, but I'm more happy uh, we win the game, and we try and focus on the end of the game tomorrow. You weren't here before, obviously, the last few seasons where Syracuse has struggled, but this is the first ACC tournament victory. What does it mean to you to be a part of that? Uh, I'm, I'm really happy we won the, this game. We needed it for an NCAA tournament, and I'm really happy, and we, we knew we must win this game. We want to go to NCAA tournament and ready. Can you say about being physical? There was one of the plays that you went down and got hit by three different guys on the way to the basket. Just what you could say about physicality? This is ACC and everybody are physical. Duke are more physical than Wake Forest. We must play our game and it will be good. What can you say about the play of Pascal in this game? Pascal played really good in uh, offense and defense. And I mean, this is his game. He was uh, only passing ball and he dunk it. The feeling in the locker room after something like this, just what you can say, how the team's feeling moving forward, knowing that you got to 20 wins right now. I think we feel really good, but. <laughs> I need eyes. Uh, I think we really feel. Talk like him. Uh, I feel really good, but we must uh, get some rest and focus on tomorrow's game. That coming once again from Marek Dolajai. I appreciate having Marek on the show. 20 points, and I love that. He said, well, yeah. I said, that's a career day for you. He goes, yeah, in the U.S. 48 overseas. 48 points from Marek Dolajai. 48 points. That's some food for thought. Coming up next is Frank Howard on finally getting that ACC turning win. He knows what it's like to be on the other side of it. He finally got one. This is what he had to say to me about that. Yeah, man. You know, uh, that was a goal. Come down here and get some wins. You know, uh, play hard for one another. Um, but, you know, it's definitely, whenever you're on the winning side, it's always a lot better. You had some no looks out there, just what you could say about, you know, getting comfortable out there and doing what you do. Yeah, I think, um, you know, over the, over the, the year, you know, over uh, the years I've been here, you know, something I've learned, you know, to use the eyes as a passer, you know, not to telegraph any of your passes. So, you know, um, 
Just something I've been working on in practice, you know, something I've always done as a kid, you know. Got, a, got away from it when I got to college, you know, wanted to be a little safer. But, uh, you know, now I'm, I'm not very confident. I'm very confident out there playing free, and, uh, you know, I got some great teammates to finish. You spoke with me at the beginning of the season about changing your number and about that being a new chapter, new era for you. Just what you can say about how that era has gone so far. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's it's been good for me, you know what I mean. Uh, it's definitely a different vibe, you know what I mean, just to switch it up. Uh, you know, we have a great team this year, you know, um, we're not done by a long shot, you know, hopefully. So uh, we just want to keep pushing, you know, uh, enjoy this one for a few hours, you know, prepare for North Carolina. Lastly, for me, Marek and Pascal, just what you can say about how they stepped up, 34 points in between them in this game. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's what they're capable of, you know what I mean? They're, they're great players, you know. Uh, just had to get comfortable out there, you know, we had to get, get, get them to be aggressive, you know, uh, very small players, you know, Pete did a great job finishing down there tonight, blocking shots, uh, you know, he's getting his body right, you know, getting his rhythm back, you know, from being out those, those, those years, so, um, you know, we want to keep this going with them, you know, keep keep making them, you know, be aggressive, you know, keep, keep them positive, you know, make or miss, you know what I mean, just always be aggressive. That coming once again from Frank Howard, who had some very fancy no look passes that turn. I mean, one of them with the, I think it was the O'Shea Brissett dunk was, I mean, from the alley oops to the no look passes, Frank Howard looking like a true point guard in this game, which looked pretty awesome. And setting up your teammates is everything that you're going to need against North Carolina. Syracuse needs to look back a couple weeks and learn a lot from that game. They played from behind the whole time. They tied it at 74 apiece. And then the wheels fell off from bad decision-making and turning the ball over. So if you don't make bad decisions, you don't turn the ball over, all of a sudden, it's not like North Carolina just spanked them. It's not like they just outright beat them. Syracuse beat themselves in those last three minutes of the game. And Syracuse didn't get on it early on in the game. So Syracuse is more than capable of hanging with North Carolina. They need to know that, and they need to show that moving forward. O'Shea Brissett being part of history, even though he wasn't there with Syracuse losing in prior ACC tournaments, just what he can say about being a part of history, and this is what he had to say about that. It's amazing, you know, especially with all the history that you know Syracuse already holds. Um, you know, being a part of the team to get the first ever ACC tournament win is you know something that you know I pride myself on and and be very proud of. Especially the guys, you know, I'm pretty sure everyone on the team is is really happy and riled up about this one. All five starters getting in double figures and scoring. Just what you can say about spreading the ball out in this game. Uh, I feel like everyone was ready to go. Everyone was, um, you know, in the spots they needed to be and um, doing what they can to, you know, contribute in any way. So I feel like once we're like that, you know, it's, it's really hard to stop us on the offensive end. And you know, got to give credit to the defense. We were moving around and, and getting stops that we needed. Syracuse is, as you know, I mean, being a part of this team, it's been an enigma. There's been some high moments, some low moments. Do you feel like you guys have caught your stride at this point? Yeah, I feel like everyone, you know, is ready to do what they need to do. Um, you know, the past couple games, you know, we've we've been like that. You know, I feel like guys are, you know, up and ready as soon as the game starts. Um, you know, some haven't fallen our way, but um, I feel like still, you know, everyone has kept their head up, and despite uh, what happens at the end, you know, I feel like everyone is, is sticking with it. You guys are about attacking underneath. There were some offensive fouls that are called. You know, just how you bounce back from something like that, knowing that guys like yourself and Tyus are going to go under there and do what you need to do, and you're going to attack every game. Uh, uh, you know, just just being a lot smarter, slowing down. Uh, once you get once you get there, you see a guy there, just try to change direction, or um, you know, just do something different. But um, you know, the refs are going to call. You know, whatever they whatever they feel like. So we just got to keep playing our game.
Marek Dolajai, 20 points. Just what you can say about him having a single game career high and taking off today. Uh, I'm really proud of him. You know, I see how hard he works, how hard he um, wants to wants to help. And um, you know, I'm just happy he was able to do it on such a big stage. Um, you know, he was he was he was up and ready, and he found his spots, was knocking down his shots, um, everything that he can do. So you know, I feel like tomorrow he's gonna he's gonna do exactly what he did today. There's been a conversation about you know guys getting around him like yourself and, and telling him to do what he needs to do, you know, and to not be afraid to shoot and get out there and help the team. Just what you can say about building confidence in him and and showing him that you guys have belief in what he can do. Um, I feel like you know anytime someone you know a leader on the team comes up to you know another person and tells them you know we, we trust you and we want you to um, we want you to help us that gives you know another set of confidence to him and you know I told him that last last practice that you know we need him we need him to do um, the things that he can do and you know today is show there's always conversation on the big three in the sense of you Frank Howard and Tyus Battle but Pascal and Marac in this game 34 points just what you can say about what they're capable of. it's you know it's, it's amazing getting a big contribution from you know those guys um, just shows how ready they are you know a lot of people you know talk bad about them and bash them but you know they come out here and do that you know everyone knows now you know what they're capable of and you know they're just going to carry this on for, for tomorrow you got another crack at North Carolina you know how close that game was inside the dome 78 74 just what you can say about the upcoming game um you know we're all excited we all want to you know get another chance you know to play them um we're just going to be you know go get our rest and watch film tomorrow and just get ready and finally, on today's broadcast, the 14th of the interviews that we had on today's show is from Alan Griffin on Dolajai and Chuku and just what they've done. I said that he's had them because he coaches the big men, and then Adrian Autry has the forwards. So I said, you know, you've kind of shared Dolajai, and then you've had Chuku in your room as well. Just what you can say about their play, 34 points between them and what they did in this game to help them separate themselves from Wake Forest and continue to have life in the ACC tournament? Well, you know, it's kind of twofold because, you know, Frank and Ty is, those guys did a really good job of finding those guys. And, and you know what? And they stepped up and made some really good plays. So and we were all happy with the overall effort because it is a two, you know, it's a two-part thing when both those, if, if you can pass those guys the ball in the right spots, they can really do something. And we did a really good job tonight. When you look at a game like this, all five starters and double figures, the ball was spread around and, and guys found their shot. Just what you can say about the team effort in a game like this when you know that every single moment counts? Yeah, that's the only way we can, you know, compete and win. You know, we, we have to make sure that we look out for once one another and, uh, and again, just be in the right place at the right time. I think that was the, the best part. Like, Marat did an unbelievable job, you know, when he got the ball in the right spots, making the right plays. He did a phenomenal job. Just to speak to how important it was to get started early, 20-4 to 4 lead to start the game. Oh, that, that was the game for us, you know, because we were able to take a blow by them. We were able to take a couple of blows, even in the start of the second half when they, you know, we got up big on them and then uh, they, you know, they kind of made a comeback and we were able to withstand some of their blows. So it was just a, a great overall effort by our team. 
as a former guard on the Syracuse team, just what you can say about Frank Howard's play and finding other guys. Had a couple no looks in this game. Frank's been a rock solid for us all year, and I think he doesn't want to stop being that. And then he was great today, especially early. He um, he found some guys, and and again he put the guys in the right situation. You know, against the zone, that was the best we've seen him play all year. He did a great job of being able to call the plays, get the guys in the right place. He was phenomenal tonight. And lastly, 78-74, last time he played North Carolina, but it was a close game, 74-74 tie with three minutes and seven seconds left just a little while ago. You got another crack at him in this, just what you could say about getting North Carolina one more time. We know that we're going in, you know, in tomorrow night's game. It's going to be a battle, number one. Uh, number two, they're a great team. And you know what, we just need another effort like we did today. And if we do that, it will be right there for the taking. That coming once again from Alan Griffin, assistant coach of the Syracuse Orange men's basketball team. With that being said, that is 14 of the 14 interviews. I want to thank everybody that came on the show today, including Boston. I want to thank all the interviews I did in the first round of the ACC tournament, including Boston College's Jerome Robinson and Kai Bowman. Josh Akogi and Todrick Jackson of Georgia Tech. I want to thank Rex Fluger, Bonzi Colson, and Matt Farrell of Notre Dame. And I want to thank Syracuse's Marek Dolajai, as well as Frank Howard, O'Shea Brissett, and Alan Griffin. I also want to thank my Syracuse alum that continue to do something innovative and different here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, which is every single day that we broadcast live of championship week and on location at the ACC tournament that for the last three years, this being the third and counting, we have a former Syracuse player on, at least one former Syracuse player on every single one of our live broadcasts. So I want to thank everybody that's been on, Dale Shackelford and Roosevelt Bowie Jr., who are on our show Tuesday, March 6th, and here on Wednesday, March 7th, Lawrence Moulton, Ryan Blackwell, Gene Waldron, thank you to each of you. We have Daywan Coleman and so much more coming up this week. Make sure you stay close for the news on who's going to be the next one by going to wakeupcalldt.com and clicking on the Syracuse Basketball Quick Link, as well as going to ACC Central on wakeupcalldt.com and clicking on ACC Basketball underneath that. That'll give you the updates and you'll get immediate updates on Facebook.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, Twitter at CallDT, and Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT. So you know where to be, you know what to follow, you know what to like, and you know what to connect with. I will be with you all throughout the ACC tournament, broadcasting live here in Brooklyn, New York, and on location in Brooklyn. So I got a bunch of games coming up today, and I'm very excited about the opportunity. So plenty of games coming up on the docket, and I want to give you those games right now. So let me let you know what's going on here for the games today. So in the second round of the ACC tournament, I will be live on lo- oh, I will be on location writing stories and I'll be on Twitter at CallDT. For those of you that don't have social media, you can go simply to wakeupcalldt.com and under the tab who's DT, click on the fan cave. That'll give you a live thread of what I'm saying on social media. So even if you don't have it, you could still enjoy it, which means that, you know, you can follow without having, you know, you you can connect with the show, even if you're not a big fan of social media, because some of you have Facebook, but you don't want Twitter. And if we're doing something live on Twitter, I don't want you to miss it. 
So this is how we get it done. Number eight, Florida State taking on number nine, Louisville at noon Eastern time. Heading over there for that right now. Number five, NC State taking on number 12, Boston College at approximately 2 p.m. Eastern time. And then later on tonight, number seven, Virginia Tech taking on number 10, Notre Dame, 7 p.m. And following that game will be number six, North Carolina taking on number 11, Syracuse. I'm going to venture to say around like 9.15 p.m. or so with the fact that it doesn't happen just right at nine because the two hours in between is not enough for the game. So with all that being said, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Tell your friends, and I'll talk with you very soon. God bless and have a great day. Be good to one another, be safe, and love yourself. Just do it.